going on, everybody? The No Huddle Show here. For the first time in Lincoln Financial Field, the Eagles have completed their second preseason game. A win over the Bills, but it didn't really feel like a win. I know midway through the third quarter, me and you looked at each other and we said, wow, they're winning this game. Yeah, yeah it was crazy, Elliot. Really sloppy game, kind of in contrast to what we saw from the offense in the first preseason game last week at Lambeau Field against the Packers. The Eagles offense and Carson Wentz didn't get their first third down conversion until 10 minutes to go in the game, and Dane Evans was the quarterback. So it was just that kind of night for the offense. Another great showing for the defense, though, and I'm sure we'll get into all of that throughout the course of the podcast. Yeah, and really, we had the, de- the debut of Ronald Darby and Alshon Jeffrey. So this is what fans have been waiting for. It's funny how last week we're in Green Bay, and we're talking about you know what, what the team is good at, what they're bad at, what needs to be worked at. And it's a completely different field to take, a completely different team that takes the field tonight in, in Philadelphia. And I didn't think they looked as good as they did in Green Bay, which I guess could be worrisome. I mean, especially for the offense, but like you mentioned, the defense looked good. So before we get into that, you know, I'm going to get the housework done that I always do. So if you're not, if you're listening to this in a browser, I appreciate the listen, but you should uh, subscribe. A lot of people have been subscribing. I don't know if you've noticed, Matt, but the reviews are going up. We had about 40 something when we started. We're up to 61. I read all of them, even the ones that say I'm a closet Cowboys fan. We're up to four stars. <laughs> yeah, coming up, up on five slow. stars. We're trying to get to that, trying to get to that five star though. So if Absolutely. you listen to this, take a quick second, give us a review. You can say something mean about me, but then give me that. Give give us those five stars. Really appreciate it. So the places you can subscribe to this too, we're on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Play, and Spreaker. So go search and No Huddle Show and those browsers or in those uh podcast apps and you'll be able to find us and hit that subscribe button all right so that is out of the way i know you're excited to talk about this guy because we've gone back and forth on this podcast about him so before i give my take on ronald darby why don't i give you a few minutes to gloat about how he looked tonight yeah Elliot, i thought he was terrific i, I right. thought he was as advertised and three of the things that you knew you were getting with ronald darby was a guy who had really good cover skills a guy who had all kinds of explosiveness and somebody had all kinds of speed and those are three things that within this secondary particularly at cornerback that this team's been lacking for quite some time and he showed all that tonight the first pass of the game he broke up he jumped a route on a pass intended for Charles Clay the Bills tight end and he dropped what would have been a pick six now we can criticize Darby for dropping the interception but that's why he plays corner not wide receiver and it was a great play on the ball and it's it's where you saw I mean how he pointed it out the introductory press conference the amount of pass breakups that Darby has over the past two years I think he has a total of like 40 something or something something close to it so you know he definitely gets his hands on the ball like you said but go ahead and you can talk about the interception and and, and then later it was in the middle of the first quarter and it was a ball thrown deep down the field to Quan Bolden. And again, Darby makes a great play. He picks it off. But was even more impressive than the interception was the return. He returned at 48 yards, yeah. broke three or four tackles, had a Saquon Barkley-like leap over a defender. Penn State. I hear that. Got I hear down, that Penn State Got down there. to the 18-yard line, and the Eagles had to settle for a field goal because it was that kind of night for the offense. But, Elliot, when we talked about this defense heading into camp in the preseason, we knew the pass rush was going to be there, right? Mm-hmm. We knew that adding Derek Barnett and what Brandon Graham's been able to do and adding Tim Jernigan in the middle alongside Fletcher Cox, we knew they were going to be an improved pass rush. And I think what we saw tonight was a preview of with that pass rush, how much better the cornerback can play by adding somebody who has the potential. Now it's only preseason, so it's still potential, but somebody like Ronald Darby who has the potential to be a number one corner. So I agree with a lot of what you said. I mean, what you saw from Darby was kind of what the scouting report was. That that jump he had on the ball and the the pass he didn't intercept was a was a break that no other Eagles receiver can make. I mean they other 
receiver. I mean, not receivers, cornerbacks. Other Eagles cornerbacks don't have the ability to make that break. They're just not fast enough. They don't have good enough reflexes. So the fact he didn't pick that ball off, obviously you'd like to see him get the interception. But the fact he even broke that up. That's a pass last year that's completed against this Eagles yep. defense. That's what you wanted to see. As you mentioned, the return was very good. You could really see his track speed there when he got open. You know, got like 15 or 20 yards and, and seemed like a few seconds. So I'm not going to be Debbie Downer, but here's what I am going to say. The interception, it was a good interception. I wouldn't call it a great play. I mean, the ball was a, it was a terrible throw. It was overthrown. He did a I'm good... I'm just saying the return was right. more impressive than the interception itself. Yeah, and, and, he, and he, he made he the play. like five or six tackles. Right. And he leaped over a guy who was trying to tackle him. So I was kind of impressed by that speed. <laughs> the, the return, business. the return. Yeah. I, but I will say, too, for... I mean, if you're, li- if you're listening to this, you're an Eagles fan, so you know how the issue that the secondary has had over the past year is simply even making plays that are there. I mean, how many interceptions has Malcolm Jenkins dropped? Uh, Leo's McKelvin didn't get near many, but, you know, players have had trouble making those plays in Eagles secondary in the past. So the fact that he even came away with the interception, it was, it was, it was good to see. I'm sure the front office liked to see that. You couldn't have asked for a better debut from him. And I had people tweeting me saying, oh, terrible trade. You hated the trade. Look at this. <laughs> I'm just going to caution people. Sam Bradford looked good in the preseason, too. It's one, two plays that were very encouraging in a preseason game. I'm not saying that means he's a bust. I'm not saying I might ultimately end up eating crow about this trade. But let's maybe calm down a little bit on, you know, this was a fantastic trade, which I know you're already in the camp of, and now you probably see more firmly in that camp. Well, we'll see what happens with the offense, and I know we'll get to them in a little bit. But I think that if we're trying to judge this trade, we can only really judge it tonight right. off of what we saw out of Ronald Darby because let's be real about this. Carson Wentz is a much different quarterback when he faces a lot of pressure than when mm-hmm. he has time in the pocket. And when you have Lane Johnson starting at left tackle and Matt Tobin starting yeah. at right tackle and you're without your security blanket, there are going to be like Jordan Matthews now in Buffalo. When all of those things come together in one night and you're trying to work in Alshon Jeffrey, I don't know how many long-reaching takeaways we can have about the offense tonight, but I think if we just look at the secondary play, we just look at Darby, it's kind of hard not to come away impressed by what we saw tonight. Yeah, and one thing I will say is, and a few of the writers mentioned this in the press box, you could see that with Darby, I mean, we saw Jim Schwartz blitz tonight. Yep. How often have we seen that last year? Not his MO at no. all. So, I mean, clearly he has a lot of confidence in Darby, and if he has the confidence, Jim Schwartz's defensive system, and I thought last year he stuck with it too long, he's a guy that's going to leave his cornerbacks out on an island. And last year, he's simply didn't have the personnel to do that. I mean, right. you had to put Jalen Mills in there, and that's one of the reasons I think Mills was a little unfairly criticized last year, is he was put in a pretty tough spot facing good receivers on an island in his first NFL season as a seventh-round pick. I think Jalen Mills has looked good so far this preseason. No, nothing flashy like Darby, but he's made plays when they were there. When he has given up catches, he's made the tackles to you know keep the damage to a minimum. So I do think he's, yep. looked, he's looked very good. But what you might see with Darby, if he can keep this level of play up, if he can be the guy he was his rookie year as opposed to the guy he was his sophomore year, you will see Jim Schwartz blitz more. And I think, before we get into the offense, kind of transition to that, I think that might be why you saw Michael Kendricks have such a good game tonight because he's at his best when he's blitzing. And he didn't get on the field a ton last year simply because they didn't blitz a lot, but also because of the personnel packages they played. But he if- had maybe his most impressive game since his rookie year, Elliot. And I saw him make a lot of plays laterally towards the sidelines. He saw the interception, mm-hmm. right place, right time, when Rodney McLeod tipped the ball up in the air. Um, you know, had a couple of pressures tonight. You're right. Blitzing and getting after the quarterback is exactly what Michael Kendricks does best. And I think the addition to Darby gives Jim Schwartz the latitude and the flexibility to do that a little bit more often. And I will say, I mean, I, I should ask him. I haven't got a chance to do it yet, but he looks lighter to me. I think that when he when they first switched to the 4-3 defense last year, he put on, I mean, he said it, he put on muscle in attempt because he thought there was, you know, he was going to be more physical. He wasn't going to be 
blitzing as much. It was more about the run defense. And I think he slowed down a little bit because of that. But tonight, in this preseason, I think he has looked quicker. He's had a good training camp, too. Yep. I mean, and, you know, for all this talk about they're going to trade him, uh, you know, they would trade him, they would take whatever they could get. He's on the field a considerable amount in training camp for the defensive snaps. And you saw tonight what he can do. So would I rule out a trade by the Eagles? No, because I, I still think Kendricks would welcome a trade, despite the fact he's been getting more playing time. And I think ultimately, even though the Eagles – they're not going to be fooled by too much what they've seen in the preseason. Sure. So I think a trade's possible. But I think tonight was the first night where you could say, all right, maybe there is a role for Kendricks on this defense. And maybe you don't just give him away for a conditional pick at this point because his salary is guaranteed. And they, and they don't are exactly saying it, have a well, lot yeah, of depth behind him. And no. I mean, Nathan Gary, I thought, was just okay tonight. Najee Good made a couple of plays. And Joe Walker's still a little bit of a question mark coming off that torn ACL. Yeah. So if Kendricks can give you what he gave you tonight, and if Jim Schwartz starts to kind of pivot towards blitzing more, more frequently than he did a year ago because of Darby or just because he feels more confident overall in his secondary, then there is a fit and there is a spot for Kendricks on this team. Yeah, and I mean, I tweeted this earlier before the game, but I think it really showed up tonight, at least partially. You know, the Eagles, this Eagles team certainly has holes, and I've been you know more than happy to point them out at times, and we've talked about the deficiencies on this team. But one of the biggest strengths of this team is obviously going to be the defensive line. And that's one of the biggest, most important units in football. And I think tonight, and not, not even just tonight, what you've seen in the last two games have been has been a dominant defensive line. I mean, Fletcher Cox, you know, we talked about in the in the offseason, but having Timmy Jernigan next to him, you can already see the benefits of that happening. Yep. Uh, Pro Football Focus, everyone's favorite site, had him at nine snaps tonight with three quarterbacks pressure. I mean, that's a third of the snaps he's out there. That's including running plays. That's a third of the snaps he's out there. He's getting pressure on the quarterback. And I think that's simply because he's getting one-on-one matchups. Now, my criticism of him last year was, if I'm going to give a guy 68, you know, 62, $68 million in guaranteed money, I want him to have an impact no matter what I want him to be able to make a play even if there's a double team I don't think he did that last year maybe that's an unfair criticism but that's just the standard I think I want to hold my elite difference makers to but now that he is going to be getting those one-on-one matchups you can see that you can you, you can see why he you know why the Eagles are so confident about him being an anchor of their defense. you'll get him line. last game and he had the forced fumble you'll get mm-hmm. him tonight he just was taking up residence in the backfield for the Bills tonight getting yeah. after Tyrod Taylor I think he had two quarterback hits had a stop in the backfield we've talked about it all offseason and I've written about it We've talked about it on the podcast. Tim Jernigan is a schematic upgrade over Benny Logan. He's a pass-rushing defensive tackle alongside Fletcher Cox. And if you talk to Cox or you talk to Brandon Graham, who has talked about this quite frequently since the trade, they all think that Timmy Jernigan has a chance to be a legitimate difference maker along this defensive Mm -hmm. line. And you start to think... You know, we all talk about what this offense is capable of doing with Jeffrey and with Smith and who knows what you get out of the running back position. But in the second year of Carson Wentz, I think we lose sight a little bit of how good this defense has the chance to be with that front four being as dominant as it is, potentially with what you got out of Derek Barnett the last two games, now adding Darby into the mix. And if you can get anything out of Michael Kendricks, I don't think it's a stretch to say this defense has the talent and the potential to wind up being somewhere in the top 10 in the league. Well, 13th last defense yeah yeah if you're a top 10 top eight defense that puts you in a really good position to make the playoffs this year yeah well they're gonna need to be a good defense because based off the offense tonight a lot to be worried about so we've talked about the good the defense i think was definitely something coaches will be encouraged about off of tonight let's talk about the offense so clearly one of the issues is jason peters doesn't play tonight he's still away from the team because of personal issues yep so that forced matt tobin into a starting role because not only is peters gone but you're missing halapuli vatai as well so you have matt tobin at, at a right tackle you move lane over to left 
And let's be honest here, Lane did not look good in his left tackle debut. I mean, I know he played it last year against the Cowboys, but this was his first time this season playing it. And I will say in his defense, he's not getting practice snaps at that position. No. They're not. I mean, Jason Peters, and I think this is admirable of him, Peters has been out there for almost every team rep. So Lane is not getting the reps he needs at left tackle. Now you put him out there in live action, and you saw what happened. I mean, he got beat embarrassingly bad on that spin move to give up the sack. Carson Wentz was really running for his life all night. And Matt Tobin wasn't playing that great either no. on the right side. And let's put it this way, that if you have Matt Tobin starting anywhere on the offensive line, it's bad. It's going to be a rough night for Carson Wentz. Yeah. It's going to be a rough night for the offense. And that's why when you know you look at this game, there are a lot of moving balls, a lot of balls in the air. When you talk about Lane Johnson moving over to left, Matt Tobin starting, Jordan Matthews out, but Matt, a member of the Buffalo right. Bills. It, it's really hard Alshon, to Alshon, who hasn't really done yeah. a lot of team drills now. And I think you saw a little bit before we get too much in Alshon. You but tried I, to work him in a little, but... Yeah, and well, no, what I think you saw was, I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, if he would have been te- doing team drills at all four of his attempts, all of four of his uh, targets would have been catches. I'm not saying that. Right. But I do think you saw, you saw an offense still kind of getting together. And they've had a lot more turnover than the defense, yep. which is probably why the defense is ahead of them. But I thought Alshon tonight... I mean, he got targeted four times. The first one, the pass was thrown way too high. I don't know if that was a miscommunication or just a bad throw by Wentz. It seemed to me like a bad throw from Wentz. The second target, I think we both agree, it looked like Carson decided to go to Alshon in the corner of the end zone before he even snapped the ball. I think he decided to go that way. Alshon might have got held up, but to me that looked like a route where they weren't exactly on the same page. And I think that's something where if they would have practiced a little more, maybe that would have been a completion. And then he has the two completions on the fourth drive, which I was a little surprised Doug brought them out there for a fourth time. But I guess with how much the offense was struggling, he wanted to get some positive feeling for the unit to end the night. Unfortunately, it ends with a Garrett Blunt fumble, so he didn't even end up getting that. But my impression of Alshon tonight was, you know, clearly he wasn't going to make the type of impact Terrell Owens did where he has the 81-yard touchdown on the first throw of the game. So that was unrealistic. I thought Alshon, you know, he did what he – he looked good, I thought. I mean, he had the two catches, didn't have any drops. He had the one 13-yard catch that moved the chains. Yeah. Other than that, he just kind of went about his business. And, you know, I think we're going to really get to judge Alshon Jeffrey and judge Carson Wentz in the offense. This week when we watch them in practice against the Buffalo Bills, yep. we get three open – or the Miami Dolphins, rather. We get three practices against the Dolphins. Then that third preseason game against the Dolphins here at home – that's when you're going to get to really judge where this offense is because you'll have had two weeks of Alshon De- Jeffrey taking part in team drills. You'll have had two weeks without, you know, Jordan without Matthews. Without Jordan Matthews, right. So you look at this team on next Thursday night against the Dolphins. That's where you can start to and evaluate play where they are. Half. Yeah, maybe gonna... even a little bit more than that if tonight is any indication with them playing, I believe it was four series with the first-team yeah. offense. In four series, I mean, in three of those were three and outs, and they had the one the one drive where they got 65 yards, but it ends with the fumble. So tons to be concerned about with the offense. Um, let's talk about Carson Wentz and what we saw out of him. On, on one hand, I think it's a little tough to grade him simply because he – had such poor protection in front of him, he was running for his life. How did you think he he handled that pressure tonight? Did you think it was just a situation where he couldn't win, or do you think he kind of didn't help himself at the same time? You know, I think that Carson Wentz is a guy that, you know, you don't want to say Jekyll and Hyde because I don't think it's that big of a difference. But you look at last year, his rookie year, when Lane Johnson wasn't out there versus when he was. You look at last week against the Green Bay Packers when he had a clean pocket for most of the night, had time to make decisions, had time in the pocket to, you know, make some good reads and make some quality throws. And you compare that to tonight where he was running for his life and and really needed to make snap decisions. Mm -hmm. I didn't think he was quite as sharp. And, And I know that you know, it's only not even his second NFL season. It's still his second preseason. 
That's one of those areas when I talk about whether or not Carson Wentz is going to take that big leap forward in year two, doing it against the pressure, doing it against the blitz is really going to go a long way towards defining his success or failure. And I thought he was just okay tonight. I thought he really made a nice throw to Alshon Jeffrey. I thought he made a nice dump off move to LeGarrette Blunt that turned out to be, I believe, a 12-yard gain on a pass out of the backfield to Blunt. But I thought Wentz was just okay, and I thought he was spectacular last week against the Packers. And the thing, too, last week was, if you remember on that that touchdown pass to Matt Collins, what made that so impressive was the way Wentz was able to avoid the pressure, keep his eyes down the field. But if you look, talk about Wentz under pressure. Last year, he wasn't that good. I mean, he had nine interceptions when he was under pressure to just one touchdown. So you're looking at, I mean, of his 14 or yeah, 14 interceptions, nine of them came under pressure. And I think he does make poor decisions at times. The one thing I will say tonight, and really last week against the Packers, you saw it too. He's not He's not trying to do too much. I mean, I you know, he had a scramble tonight and he slid. Um, I don't believe he threw the ball away tonight. But last year, I think you saw him at times roll out on the run and try to force something. I think he looks a little better in that regard. So that is something for coaches to be to be um, encouraged about. Now, the question is the offensive line. I mean, yep. Jason Peters, it's not like he's out with an injury. He's out with a personal family issue. So he will be back. He will be healthy. You put Lane back on the right side. You put um, Peters back at his natural left position. And at that point, I think the offensive line is good. But I think tonight you saw how thin this offensive line is. And that's one of the issues with this team overall is they're very thin in a lot of key positions. I think they're strong at offensive line when healthy. I think the defensive line is strong. And I do think Wentz will be a strength this season. And those are three very important units in the NFL. But you saw tonight that there really are, I mean, one or two injuries away on the offensive line for being a unit that's going to have Wentz running for his life all season. Totally agree. And mm-hmm. and not having a re- reliable running game doesn't do Wentz any favors. And you look at LeGarrette Plunt tonight. Right. At one point, he had four carries for zero yards. Yep. Corey Clement was okay. In the first three, car- first three series, that's what he had. Hey, he Cor- finished the first three series with zero yards. So and Corey Clement was okay, scored the touchdown tonight. And I think that he's building a case to make a roster spot, whether it's over Pumphrey or, you know, depending on Wendell Smallwood's injuries. Mm-hmm. But you know, I thought he was okay, and Pumphrey was uh, – I'm still waiting to see the Denel Pumphrey we saw at San Diego State. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if you don't have a running game and your offensive line is in tatters, it's a really tough go of it for a quarterback, especially going at, against a team like the Bills that they really sent the house, and they blitzed a lot tonight just like Dom Capers did with the Packers last week. Yeah, and Blunt said after the game he didn't seem very concerned, obviously. I mean, I don't think a lot of players are going to admit to being concerned at this point. He said part of the reason for the struggles has been they're just simply not game planning at this point. It's the preseason. Obviously, you're missing lane. I think the running game is a concern. I mean, you know, during the draft and all – Prior to the draft and after the draft, we talked about how this team needs a running back, and they didn't get one. Donald Pumphrey has not looked very good. Corey Clement tonight, eight carries, 34 yards, four and a half yard average, and a touchdown. And what I did like, what I saw out of, what I've seen out of Corey in the last few weeks that I do like is he looks good out of the backfield catching the ball, something that was not supposed to be a strength of his. Tonight you saw. He wasn't really asked to do it at Wisconsin. Right. Tonight you saw all three elements of his game. He had the 24 yard run, showed some nice speed getting around the side. He had that touchdown run, was a tough run in between the tackles. He was able to, uh, you know, convert in short yardage. And then, you know, he, he just, he looked good. I think, and he, and he caught a pass. He caught, uh, actually, I mean, look at it. I think he had a few catches. And I don't think that this is a Henry Josie situation. Two, two, two catches for six yards. I don't think this is a Paul Turner situation. I don't think this is the type of situation where if you cut a guy like Corey Clement, that you're going to be able to sneak him through waivers and onto the practice squad. He right, because really, people thought he would get drafted. Yeah, he had a really strong college career at Wisconsin, and it was just a matter of his work ethic and whether he could stay healthy. Mm-hmm. And so far, he's checked off both of those boxes with the Eagles. And I thought he looked pretty good tonight, and he scored a touchdown. 
touchdown, that's all you can really and, and I mean, ask what, of him. What really hurts him, I mean, not, sorry, what really helps him is Wendell Smallwood doesn't play. Yeah. And this is now, I mean, we both agreed and we both talked about it. When Wendell Smallwood at the beginning of training camp was playing really well, yep. he looked like an improved player who was running physically, but now he's hurt. And, you know, I, I talk about this with Alshon a little bit, but the best ability in the NFL is availability. You okay, have chip. to be able to be there. Yeah, there you go, right? That's a chip thing. So, I mean, but seriously, look at I mean, look at Smallwood. How can yeah. they count on him? He's, yeah. he's gone. I mean, last you know last year he played he plays well against the Steelers, and then you know he, he misses four or five games. He ends the season on IR. Um, so I think Clement is somebody. I know he had injury uh, concerns, or he missed some time with the injuries at Wisconsin, but he's a guy that at least has been there and been healthy. Donald Pumphrey's going to make the team. Maybe they shady IR him or something, but yep. you're right. He's not looked very good. Um, he hasn't looked elusive at all. I mean, no. three, three carries tonight against the Bills, negative three yards. So, And LA, for as much as they tried during the spring, during OTAs, to throw the ball to Pumphrey out of the backfield in that pony package with Darren Sproles, mm-hmm. we really haven't seen as much of that during training camp. And on the flip side of that coin, We've seen Corey Clement as explosive as Wendell Smallwood looked in practice and running with authority to the yeah. outside. Corey Clement has been almost as good as Smallwood in turning the corner. And I think he's actually been a little bit better than Pumphrey during training camp and particularly during the games at catching the ball out of the backfield even than Pumphrey was. And that was going to be a focal point of why they drafted Pumphrey to even put him in the slot. So I think we can agree tonight, offense, a big concern. Defense, a concern. Yep. I'm sorry, oh, defense, defense play. Yeah, sorry, yeah. sorry. De- defense is a positive. I was going to say Wendell a concern, didn't play very well. But let's talk big picture now, not just so much tonight. Off of tonight, and I guess combining a little bit of what you've seen over the past week at camp or since last time we recorded this, do you feel more encouraged or more uh, worried about this team? I'm about where I was when we recorded the last podcast on Monday, and that's somewhere around a 9-7 and team. I think there are going to be a lot of growing pains early in the season with the offense, and that's a really brutal three-game stretch to open the season at Washington, at Kansas City, and then the Giants here at the link. But I think this defense adding Darby, and if you start to, you know, increase the reps for Derek Barnett, this defense has the chance to be really good. And I think that, you know, given the suspension of Ezekiel Elliott, the Cowboys aren't going right, to run away with it. I don't think the Redskins are going to be any better than an 8-8 eight and eight or 9-7 and seven team. And the only real competition is the Giants, who I yeah. think have a chance to go to the Super Bowl this year out of the NFC. And then, you know, I think that leaves the Eagles fighting for a wild card spot, and we'll see what happens. But... I'm no different tonight than I was on Monday after the Derby trade. I still think they're right around eight and eight, nine and seven. So I'm, tonight's Thursday. I'm going to be putting out my game, my second game by game prediction for tomorrow. I have them at eight and eight. So I'm right around where you are a little bit. But I will say the one thing I've seen that does not worry me, but the one thing I think you can legitimately look at and say, okay, this is something that's going to be an issue, is LeGarrette Blunt, and that, and if that turns out to be a legitimate issue, then that's going to hurt this team, especially in short-yarded situation, especially in the red zone, and I will say the red zone's an area where in practice they've struggled, and you saw that tonight against the Bills. They get the ball at the nine-yard line. They end up kicking a field goal. I mean, that's a, that's a thing where you get the ball on the nine-yard line off interception like that, you have to punch it in. You have to come away with the touchdown there. I know it's only the preseason, but they had the first-team offense out there, and if LeGarrette Blunt's going to help you in any situation, it should be there. It should be yep. close to the goal line. It should be getting those tough yards. He didn't do anything there. And the other reason Blunt concerns me a little is because I know Sproles isn't playing, and Small Smallwood hasn't really either. They seem to be using Blunt a ton, and I'm a little worried that if they're if this is the role they see for Blunt, where he's going to carry the ball, you know, 18 to 20 times a game. I don't think he's going to be able to hold up. Well, I mean, what I don't really understand is he's a guy who's clearly a short yardage in between the tackles runner, 
and double running seems to the outside. Run to the outside, DeMarco and, and it Murray. doesn't work. DeMarco Murray. It, it's three yard losses. It's two yard losses. It's no gain. He doesn't have the speed Mm-mm. to turn the corner. Now maybe those are just running plays that if if uh, Smallwood is healthy or if Sproles is healthy, they'd be getting those carries, and Blunt is just out there kind of by default. Right. But but if Doug is going to try to turn Legarrette Blunt into an outside the tackle runner. It's a fool's errand, mm-hmm. and I think that it's a it's a thing that could really come back to hurt this offense and really hurt the development of Wentz because he needs that solid running game to help him continue to develop. I think you have to hope that once Sproles is back, when they're using him, maybe Smallwood is healthy, even Pumphrey gets a little more acclimated, that Sproles making those running plays, uh, that it's, you know... Uh, Pumphrey making those plays. So, all right, we're here at the at Novacare. As you can hear, they're starting to close the door on us a little bit. Um, you know, people are trying to get out of here. But I wanted to talk two more things before we get out of here. Yep. First is what the running back wide receiver depth chart. At this point, they can agree at receiver. It's going to be Alshon, Torrey Smith, uh, Nelson Aguilar, Mac Hollins, and Marcus Johnson are probably the five locks there yep. at receiver. At the sixth spot, who do you like? I mean, Bryce, Tr- Bryce Traggs doesn't play tonight. No. Um, he's missed time because of sore legs. You know, I'm not questioning whether he's hurt or not, but this is a pretty bad time to have sore legs. Not able to play through it, considering you're fighting for a roster spot. Do you think they're going to keep him? Greg Ward had a few nice catches tonight. Who do you see there? I, I have my 53-man roster coming out on Friday, and when I initially put it together, I had Bryce Treggs, but Ward had a couple of catches tonight. He's caught everything thrown his way through camp. And, and they like him much, a lot. As much speed as Bryce Treggs has, it's tough to cut a guy who catches everything and does everything you'd want out mm-hmm. of a number five or six wide receiver. I think Ward winds up making the roster as the And the six other wide thing receiver. about Treggs is, I mean, Ward is at least a rookie where he has that potential. Who, know what'll ha- who knows what will happen? I know Treggs only in his second season, but he was so disappointing last year. The team was so down on him. The fact that he's even in camp to me was pretty surprising. And then he played well, which yep. really opened eyes. But I mean, you come off that, you know, the big game in Green Bay. You have good, you know, you have good practices before then, and then you miss two days with sore legs. You come out, you practice, and then tonight you don't play. I don't know if he was. I didn't see him in the locker room afterwards, so I wasn't able to ask him. I don't know if it's the coaches holding him out or if he's legitimately hurt, but. The injury sore legs just doesn't sound good. You you want a guy fighting and right. playing playing for your roster spot. So I agree with you. I think at this point um, it's probably going to be Greg Ward just because I don't think they think they'll be able to get him through waivers. And I think they probably could, but I just think they like him enough. Maybe he's that guy. Shelton Gibson, though, tonight he displayed that speed. He got down the field. I know he didn't make the catch, but he drew the pass interference call. And, you know, as, we, as we've talked about, speed is something where if you show it in the NFL – you're going to be on a roster. I mean, Treggs is back because Agreed. of that speed. And Treggs will probably be on a roster this year, even if it's not with the Eagles. Um, and remember, Gibson's a fifth-round pick. You don't want to cut a fifth-round pick. That's something they have over Ward. I think they probably would, as, as much as they like seeing Ward make those catches, they're probably wishes, wishing he wasn't, you know, making as big of an impact so they could sneak him onto the practice squad. So running back, I know we've talked about it a little bit. Just really quick, um, Smallwood or Clement, who would you keep at this point? You know, at this point, I think Smallwood's the better running back, but it's tough not to keep Clement. I think that yeah. Clement on a rookie deal and what he's shown you as a better pass catcher out of the backfield than Smallwood, I think you got to go Clement there. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I would keep Clement. What they'll do, it's really tough to read because, again, they drafted Smallwood last year. You got Clement as undrafted guy. I know you say you don't think he gets through the waivers, and I tend to agree, but it also feels like every year we're talking about a player that, oh, he won't get through the waivers. Sure. Next thing you know, not only does he get through waivers, he's sitting there for a few days. Right. I don't think Cl- Corey Clement is that kind of player. And I'll also say he has a lot of people in the organization that are fans of him. I mean, he grew up in the area. He's known some people in this organization since he was a kid. So I do think he has that going for him. And I think the team is somewhat frustrated with Wendell Smallwood and the fact that he hasn't been able to stay healthy. So last question before we get out of here. 
Um, off of tonight, what's one surprise player who you think has a shot at the roster and one guy who you think might get cut that everyone's kind of thinking is going to make this team? You know, I kind of bumped up Stephen Means onto yeah. my 53-man roster that comes out on Friday. I have him making it over Alex McAllister, who I thought was a shoe-in because of how high the Eagles were on him. Basically Schwartz likes him a lot. Putting him on the IR last year with some phantom injury. <laughs> and I think that Means is a guy that's played his way onto the roster. And Smallwood is one of those guys that I think there's a chance he could actually get cut. Smallwood. All right. Yeah. So there we go. There's one. I think one player with a shot at the roster who I didn't think so much coming into camp is Don Cherry. He didn't get the first team special teams reps tonight, but he had a really nice hit late in the game. I think he might have forced a fumble. Um, he's a guy I think the Eagles trust. He does have practice squad eligibility. It wouldn't surprise me to see him end up there. But again, we talked about when we were talking about Kendricks. They're so thin at linebacker. It's really hard to say no, but it's really hard to say any of the linebackers don't have a shot. I mean, I think if you play well, they're going to keep you. And Don Cherry is a guy they trust on special teams. He was here last year. He knows the defense. Yep. And I think they can trust him. One guy who I think I think we'll probably make the team, but if we're sitting here after cut-down day and saying, wow, I can't believe they cut this guy, that guy might be C.J. Smith to me. I think you bring in Darby. Um, you know, I think Smith has not played that well in the last two preseason games. I think they're high on him, but he hasn't played well in preseason. And you know, I don't know who would take his spot, but I don't think he is, much, is as much of a lock as I used to think he was. Who's one guy that you could see maybe getting cut that fans don't see coming? Well, Smallwood. I, I yeah. said I thought Smallwood right, would right, be right. the guy that would people wouldn't see the cut coming. All right, so outside of Smallwood, maybe someone who you think uh, has a chance. Well, Stephen Means is a guy you like there. Yeah. So Means and Smallwood for you. I like uh, C.J. Smith and Don Cherry. So those are two guys we've seen. All right. I think it's getting it's close, man. It's uh, We're about two weeks away from that gonna, magical cut down after Yeah, it's going to be an exciting few days, too, with the Dolphins coming in here. Yeah. Those are the best practices. We've seen them a few times with the uh, two teams going at it in training camp. It won't camp. quite be uh, Brady targeting uh, Curtis Marsh no. over and over no. and over again. I think Curtis Marsh still has nightmares about Tom Brady from those joint practices, but we will get Jay Cogler. Yeah, we will what get Jay What a consolation Cutler. prize we're, that we're is. We're going to get Kiko. We're going to get Byron Maxwell. So it'll be a few – it'll definitely be some interesting days. All right, I think it's time to get out of here. As I said at the beginning of the show, and I'll, I'll close with this too, go subscribe to the podcast. We really, again, I really appreciate everyone that's been leaving the comments on YouTube. I know a lot of you guys can watch on YouTube. Leave a comment there. Give us that thumbs up. If you're subscribing to us, give us a review. Like I said, as long as you give me that five stars, I don't care what you write in there. Give us constructive criticism. Tell us who you want to hear. And we'll try to get them on. Last week we had Lane Johnson. Uh, we've had Jalen Mills. We've had Marcus Johnson. Um, really good podcast. Joe Giglio talking to the Bills writer. So definitely some good stuff going on. So get in there. Subscribe. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Spreaker, all right, Matt, so today is Thursday. We'll probably have a next one of these, maybe Sunday or Monday. Yep. Um, something, something for the Dolphins game for sure, as we can talk about that. So, All right, Matt, good talking to you, and I'll uh, see you next time. See you next time.